stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California, this is the Blue Heaven Podcast. It's a lot of beeps. It's a lot of beeps. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Here to talk Dodger baseball. Lots of exciting things happening in Dodger Lands. Go right to these comments. We got Cooper says, What up, Dodgers Nation? What up, Cooper? We got Go Yachty, DMAC, and Clint, the handsomest boys in the Dodger Club. Jeez, got me blushing, man. Yeah. Feeling that. I like that one. MLB, we got Nando390 says, MLB being shady, saying Dodgers didn't clinch a playoff spot <laughs> yesterday. We're going to get into that, but Clint, yeah. what else we got? Well, we got we to first welcome you guys. Guys, welcome to Blue Heaven. Cheers, and thank you to our friends at Jim Beam for getting us through this next hour or so of Dodger talk. So uh, cheers, my friend. I'm going to awkwardly uh, delay the thing. You know, you know it has this, this thing. Anyways, enjoy a high He's ball. going with Jim Beam. I'm going with the Ornitos. Get those Ubers ready. They usually start ordering them for me early in the show. On today's show, we got to talk about uh, the Dodgers slamming Diego. We got to talk a little bit of Cy Julio because Julio has been outright uh, great for the boys in blue. Blake Trinan is hurt again, and I'm wondering, is it time to to move off of the Blake Trinan experience in 2022? We got to react to the new MLB rules. We got to look ahead at the series that are coming up and uh, the Hornitos final thoughts and a whole lot more. Guys, if you're watching this show live, dive into the comments, jump in, in them comments. Let us know where you're representing Dodgers Nation at tonight. Leave your area codes. Leave your home address. Let us know what time you guys are at work so we can go and visit and uh, take some stuff. Also, before we get into the show, we got to remind you, this is on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Pandora. If you don't have the time to watch us live, go listen to us. We're a podcast. But jump into the live stream, guys. Uh, you know, Hit some comments. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's dive into the comments now. Got some friends here. Anthony Keene saying new office. Yes, week two. New, o- the new, new office, new us. <laughs> new office, who dis? We're still trying to dial in some things here, but what it's coming K? together. It is coming together. Uh, a lot of great work behind the scenes for Mr. Gary Lee, so shout out to that guy. If I had the button, I would totally clap for him. Facebook <laughs> user is checking... <laughs> Checking in from East Los Angeles. I don't know who Facebook user is, but it just says Facebook user. Carlos Rodriguez checking in says, sup. Don Kim, what's up? DNHQ, one of our favorites, Don Kim. Who doesn't love Don? Diane Schroeder, one of your favorites. Hello, DMAC. Exclusively, hello, DMAC. Hey, what can we say? Diane Schroeder, she's probably already saying smash that like button. She's always helping out the channel. I've had people in the chat recently that say that we should get her on the payroll here at Dodgers <laughs> Nation. She's like the unofficial... Like fairy godmother of Dodgers Nation, always yeah. represent. We really appreciate you we out there, appreciate Diane. High people, big time. Exactly. She's always hyping us up. Always, uh, yeah, very popular in the chats. Put it that way. And uh, it's great takes. Great, great takes. We, we, uh, you know, all takes are uh, are welcome here. But we're gonna clown you if they're bad. Uh, Justin's checking in from Sydney, Australia. That's awesome. There, uh, and Justin's flying over here uh, for eight games next week. AJ, our friend AJ on the guitar, checking in from Pennsylvania, and he said, "Go birds! Let's go birds!" 
Iris saying, what's up, D-Mac? You got some good comments over there? What up, what Iris K? Ruben is loving the new setup. Yeah, Ruben's loving the new setup. We got Aaron representing the Dodgers all the way from Minneapolis. Hey, Dodgers, they beat the uh, the Minnesota Twins in the World Series back in the 60s, so good times. We got, I got Jam says softball bases in reference to the bigger bases. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, someone photoshopped Jose Altuve on a base, Bruh. and it was just like, it was super massive around. We got Moose1032 says D-Mac and Clint. Sup, guys? What up, Moose? Always represent down below in the comment section. But yeah, let us know down below we're going to talk about that in a few minutes here the new rules that major league baseball is implementing for next season got some thoughts on that but yeah fire away your thoughts on the new bases on the pitch clock on the banning of the shift so we have a lot to get into on this show diane Schur is actually from indian wells so there you go oh. i was two years old when i actually learned where she's actually from so in golf course there you go yeah <laughs> iris checking in studio city andrew checking in from torrance we everybody loves torrance we got some uh good car um the headquarters out there Gilbert and Coachella Dave Luna is watching us waiting for a 6 p.m. class so hopefully we won't run past 6 p.m. and you can get to class and have a good time um Moose checking in for Pomona we got Laura representing from La Habra gotta love La Habra Manuel Colorado nice. get that NOS we're, territory. We're, we're, we're cultural. Culture. There we go. <laughs> uh, Irene, Pennsylvania. Uh, we got some good vibes coming from uh, Nicolaza on uh, on the YouTube. Anthony Keen checking 310 Bay Area. As usual, being in the uh, the bad territory up there. Sarah Morris. We love Sarah Morris. She's, she was looking to see the pool party, checking in in the 82001 in Arizona. I think that's Arizona. I'm pretty sure that sounds about it. Jack's checking in from Vegas, 702. We got a lot of good stuff in here. Appreciate you guys hanging out. We're going to keep trying to mix the comments in along the way, but let's dive into some of the topics we have specially curated for you all. The recap is brought to you by GearUp.LA. If you guys want some of the freshest um, merch, we'll call it. We got some good shirts over there. We got some stuff, and it directly supports us, everybody here at DNHQ in some way, shape, or form. So check it out, GearUp.LA. I'd give you a coupon code, but we don't have one set up right now. But just go sign up. I think you uh, get a coupon code when you sign up for a newsletter over there. But the Dodgers take two of three in San Diego or Dodger Stadium South because true blue fans represented hard down in San Diego. They then they clinched a playoff berth, but then they didn't. Uh, we'll get more into that a little later in the show. Outscored San Diego 23 to 11. And these this is a team that has been trying to compete with the Dodgers, make moves specifically to compete with the Dodgers for the last few years, and they keep getting made fools of. You know, the Dodgers just clown on them. They go there, they lose one game, and then they just destroy them for the next two games, and that seems to be pretty consistent. But what are your key takeaways from uh, this series? I mean, my biggest takeaway has to probably be that Justin Turner is Joe Musgrove's padre <laughs> at the end of the day, the way he's owned it. But yeah, you talk about this Dodger team. They won 22 of their last 25 games against the San Diego Padres. Yeah. They haven't lost a season series against San Diego since 2010. 10. This is a team that's dominated the little brothers down south. We call it our beach house down there. And they really have just taken over. I mean, if you were listening to that game like on the it. radio when Trey Turner got that go-ahead double the other day, I yeah. mean, this team, it's just the support from Dodgers Nation down there. It's unmatched. The way that this team follows the Dodgers wherever it may be tonight, it's going to be another Dodgers-heavy crowd. But I think when you look at this series between the Dodgers and the Padres, they had a lot to play for. This Padres team 
is still trying to secure a spot in the wild card race. The Dodgers, they're just sitting pretty. They're now 96 and 43, 53 games above 500. 51 and 15 since June 29th. And yeah, against this Padres team, I think Friday, it was a little spicy. There was some tension between the yeah. two. Good I, series. It's a good game. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, I love, you know, as much as we've talked crap about Manny Machado over the years, he's he's been a Dodger in the past. I love to see a good, healthy, and, and, and thriving Manny Machado. Not always against the Dodgers, but it's good for baseball. It's good for the budding rivalry. I mean, sure, it's a rival by by uh, the fact that they play each other in the division. But for you know, you want that you want that spite, you want the hate, and you want it to be both ways. Yeah, like I mean, yes, we all know the Dodgers. Their rival is and always will be the San Francisco Giants. We yeah. know that. But when it comes to tension, even <laughs> last season yeah. with yeah. the Giants and the Dodgers, you didn't have that same tension that you felt between the Profars, who's the Patrick Beverly yeah. of Major League Baseball, <laughs> with Manny Machado when he looks at Doc and he's saying, "Pitch to me," and oh, Doc just has great. that face. He like, does nah. the four. Yeah. But I mean, look, the Dodgers—they took two out of three. They continue to dominate. They won eight straight series against San Diego, and look, they won that game in those uniforms does it even count as a win okay it looks like a 90s taco bell just took a dump on a blank uniform you got those uniforms out there but yeah it was a competitive series and i think that it was an extra innings game and you don't want to tax his bullpen any more than they already need to be so i was fine with yeah you lose one but uh yeah the last two games the offense they just exploded i think yesterday was a really nice bounce back start for andrew heaney who continues to serve up bombs he is home run heaney of late 11 home runs served up in his last five outings but what's very impressive is those strikeout numbers his ability to get that chase out of the zone almost 14 per nine i think it is he's walking or he's he's striking out right now 14 per nine is last five yeah but the yeah the, the the homers still seem to be a problem. The home runs are definitely concerning. And really what it comes down to for him is, look, he's filthy when he's on. I mean, that slider down and into righties. It's just really about elevating that fastball and keeping it out of the heart of the yeah. zone. But my concern with Andrew Heaney is, look, major league teams, they've won games at a 78% clip this season when they out homer their opponent. Yeah. And you don't want to have them to come on and serve dongs in a big spot. But I still think that even though he did serve up a home run, that it was still a nice bounce back start for him and i think that he's on the right track just there's some mechanical issues and just avoiding like i said avoiding the heart of the plate yeah i mean all in all again it was a good series you learned the dodgers still you know they need to be taking this time to learn things about their club learn what uh you know how they may tailor their roster heading into october when the games mean something again because right now you got a 20 game lead after taking two or three there's not a whole lot of stress in that locker room and you saw with you know just the guys were having fun with the dress up day, yeah. which we're not going to talk too much about today, but check out a great video Doug posted today on our YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodger nation TV. Check it out, subscribe, hit the bell, leave a like, tell, tell, tell your grandma to leave a comment. Um, great, great stuff. And that's just a team that is having a good time winning baseball games, you know, winning breeds chemistry, but this is a team that also just, it, it, this is some of the best chemistry I've seen. And we've had a lot of, of incredibly good Dodgers baseball teams. And this is still quite possibly the most um, together team we've ever seen. And I, I, apparently all it took was ditching the iPads. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, for sure. I think when you can <laughs> and Freddie see, Freeman. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at this, it's something that all Dodger fans look forward to every single year. What are guys going to do? You saw clean shaven Chris Taylor. I thought that was something he was doing to maybe be a slump buster. And he did go four for 12 this series. And he had his first home run since early August. And then Cody Bellinger, high socks belly. I thought maybe it was for that. But really, it's as he was squints in the sandlot. You saw my favorite, honestly, the one for me had to be probably Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. I think the relationship that they've developed already, Tiger Woods, you got his caddy, Stevie Williams. I thought that one was great. And then also Joey Gallo. Jeez, Joey Gallo. He, they probably showed him that little shirt with the, with the muscles. He's like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm already jacked. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hide all this. Yeah, no, that dude like, hide is this man meat. He's pretty Joey Gallo's pretty yoked, man. He makes uh he makes Gabe Kappa look like he's in my kind of shape. I mean, this guy is an absolute beast out there. Yeah, I'm gonna start calling him beef, man. That is yeah. that is a that is a beefy dude, respectfully, for sure. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Uh, one thing I wanted to focus on a little bit, and I tweeted it from our, our Dodgers Nation Twitter account yesterday, and, and you know, I know the pregame show, SNLA, they ended up running something on it, but uh, it's gotten better since with an 11-2 victory. How absurd is a plus 3-0, what, now 3-10 run differential? It's, this is an insanely good team. It's unbelievable how much success this team's had, not just in run production, but run prevention. And like you mentioned just now, Clint, 310 run differential. The second best team, the New York Yankees, that is they have 104 more runs than they do. Okay, they're sitting at 206. So when you talk Maybe about that, they fell off the face of the earth. They absolutely in the did, half. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And the Dodgers, they've been <gasps> consistent all season long. But yeah, when you look at that wide margin, I mean, they're verging on historic territory. When you talk about a run differential, when you talk about wins, they're going to absolutely obliterate the franchise record in wins with 106. They, they did twice. But to me, look, it's all nice. It's great. But it, you just, it's, it, it doesn't really matter unless they win the World Series. And that is the unfortunate team for this unfortunate thing for this year's team is that is what they're ultimately going to be evaluated by this team is a mm -hmm. world series or bust team their success or failure will ultimately be determined by whether or not they raise that piece of metal in late october or early november but still i still think this team is just to me it's the consistency on a day in and day out basis a game to game basis that i find so impressive the important thing is, or one last important note about that before I dig into two topics I want to touch on, both we've kind of touched on already, is the Dodgers need to keep winning. They need to keep taking series because then we get to see more shirtless Joey Gallo covered in beer, and that is what America needs, apparently. Not really. I don't know. It's just something I wanted to bring up. But, um, yeah, the two last 
takeaways I guess we have from this or I have from this. Uh, Julio, absolutely electric. That the, he he posted uh, what seven seven innings, only gave up two runs. First time he's given up two runs in almost uh, nearly two months or two calendar months. So that was great. Heaney was solid again. He's still too true, uh, too true outcome guy, and you worry about whatever his role is going to be. Come October, so maybe that's something for another show. Maybe we talk about um, that on Designated Twitter this week or something. But I do want to dive into Julio because I think uh, we're really at the point now. And I, you know, I was even thinking this before his outing, and then uh, Dave Roberts stole my thunder by bringing up the fact that hey, this is a guy who is a legitimate Cy Young Award candidate, and. You know, it's hard to make the argument where he's not going to be winning this award, or at least in the top two, top three. The numbers are there. The numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. 2.3 ERA. He's leading the National League's fourth best in, in, in MLB. The wins, they matter, and he's tied for second in baseball. 16 wins. Kyle Wright of Atlanta has 17 wins. I would see the only area, you know, he's posting every day. He's making his starts. So it's what, 26, 27 starts so far this season. Um, the innings, though, uh, they're lower, 152 and two-thirds inning versus Sandy Alcantara's uh, 196.2. So there's a pretty large difference there. But, um, you know, he's going out and posting every day, and him going out and winning the Cy Young would be the ultimate uh, puta madre to not getting that all-star game nod. There was a snub there, and he, and he is not happy about it, but... Is, in your opinion, is he firmly moving himself, Julio Urias, firmly moving himself into legitimate Cy Young territory? Clint, absolutely 100%. If you look at the betting odds, he's at plus 650. That's second to only your friend Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara. How do you say? Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, right? But I think the big issue with him is Sandy Alcantara, if you look at the year he's had, the what he's established, and the kind of the perception is that he's been the best pitcher in the National League. But if you look at his second half numbers compared to Julio's, Julio's are more impressive, in my opinion. The second half of the season, Julio Urias, a 1-2-9 ERA. That's second to only Zach Gallen, who just had a 44 and a third inning scoreless inning streak. He's been mm -hmm. fantastic as well. Sandy Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara, his second <laughs> half, I'm just messing with you. His second half ERA is sitting at 401 in 58 and a thirds innings pitch. If you look at Sandy's last outing, he gave five runs on eight hits and over six innings of work. So yes, when it comes to innings pitch, he has been an absolute workhorse, but Julio Urias, when you consider the fact that the Miami Marlins, they're an afterthought. They're a team yeah. that is far from the postseason. The Dodgers, they have been the best team in Major League Baseball from wire to wire, and they're not going to win the MVP award because that's probably going to go to Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. You talk about the hardware they could win from an individual standpoint. Julio Urias... If he has a couple dominant starts, I mean, we saw last season, Max Scherzer, we thought that he yeah, had another he Cy there. Young in the back. If you look at Walker Buehler, he was the odds-on <laughs> favorite in early August, yeah. and we saw what mm -hmm. happened. So it can change a lot down the stretch. And I think Julio is definitely a guy that's firmly in the mix at this point. Yeah, Julio definitely has, uh, uh, what, two, maybe three, four more starts to to sway some voters with recency bias in that hey this guy did good the same thing we saw last year with corbin burns realistically zach wheeler probably should have won the side corbin burns was a pretty weak candidate but if corbin burns can go out and win it with um the low inning count he had versus scherzer and versus wheeler then there's no reason to say julio can't win it based on 
Oh, yeah, he has fewer innings. Well, yeah, because they're going to protect him a little bit, but he's also gone out there every day. He's winning. He's he's keeping his team in ball games. and I think a number you really got to look at, quality starts is nice, but you got to look at what is the team's record when he starts. I don't know what the number is, but I'm telling you, he's at least uh, he's had at least 16 wins on there. Some tough luck losses because he, you know bad uh, bad run support, poor run support. But dude, give it to him. Why not? That's all I got. That's a terrible button up, but still. No, I mean, look. I think <laughs> when you talk about Julio in the year he's had, how interesting would it be considering what happened to the All Star break? Everyone thought that Sandy should have started. Ends up being Clay and Kershaw. You had yep. some people that were upset about that, and then they say, "Oh, well, at least he's going to be the NL Cy Young Award winner." And then to have a Dodger pitcher strip that of him late, they'd be pretty upset down in Miami for the five or six fans that they do have. Yeah. So I think when you look at Sandy and the whole wins thing, if you're going on wins right of the Braves, he's first with 17 wins. I mean, look, if you look at Jacob DeGrom in 2018, he yeah. won the Cy Young with a 10 and nine record and he didn't not have wins because he wasn't a dominant pitcher. He didn't have a lot of wins because mm -hmm. he was on the New York Mets. So that's a lot of luck <laughs> very, has to be in, in that situation. But I definitely think that let's get this campaign going, guys. Hashtag Urias for Urias for for uh for, for Cy Young and I think that it's a situation where if he has some hashtag. yeah let's go <laughs> go ahead go ahead let's do uh yeah Urias Cy, for hot Cy, Cy Young no it's it's Cy Urias Cy Urias Cy Urias yeah, Cy Urias anyways but how about look you look at innings pitched look at Tyler Anderson the year he's had he's also a guy that has had a lot of success but I think what I it mean, comes think, down I think, to I think, I think Tyler the outs creator man that's like a top ten top fifteen Cy guy right now. For sure, absolutely, and he's actually been the workhorse, and he's pitched the says, most innings says, on this team. So. Says the biased Dodger podcast guy that the, that the people are going to say in the comments. I think you just need some what? signature starts, some signature starts down the stretch. Maybe you see a few double-digit strikeouts games. He's a guy that has taken no-hitters late in games before, so if he has some of those signature starts down the stretch, and then also you get the media, guys like us, pushing this narrative that he definitely deserves to be included, I don't see why not. And, hey, let's be honest, the Dodgers, they are the kings when it comes to Cy Youngs. 12 Cy Young winners in this franchise's proud history. I think he should be the 13th. I think that uh, he's definitely in the mix, and he's it's more than I ever believed until I start looking at the numbers today and yeah. you look at Sandy's second half of the season he has fallen off a bit the numbers really uh the numbers don't lie but let us know your guys thoughts in the comments below what do you think about Julio's Cy Young award chances is he your guy are we being too biased on it who else should get it and tell us how important wins are to you guys let's dig into a few of the comments here uh great stuff from the um, uh, dress up day thing because we got E Smith who said I want to cuddle with Joey and Dodgers auditioning for Magic Mike three great that was a great comment that was a fire comment right there but we don't have Doug's fire button fire um, take <laughs> fire take uh, we got uh, <laughs> Maddie Man uh, five Dodge says can Julio play center when he's not pitching hey you know what I I I made a firm stance that I don't want to talk about Cody Bellinger this week I'm tired of it I I I. I we had a great video uh, come out over the weekend, great designated Twitter where everybody was talking about uh, everybody here in the office and, and some fan takes about Cody's status and who's going to be the center fielder of the future. Some James Outman takes in there, some uh, exciting Aaron Judge takes in there, but uh, check out that video, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV, because why not? Um, Anthony Keenson, I picked Julio for the Cy Young at the beginning of the season, and yeah, you know, it's on record. It's one of his uh, one of the earliest season live streams. Apparently, he said it in the stream. So, if you want to find that clip and send it to us, go ahead and we'll play it. We're gonna the play internet it for is you. forever. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, let's see. Any more? Uh, any more good comments in here? There's a whole bunch of comments. 
Uh, sorry, we're being bad at the comments right now. Yeah, Gary says, you're going to disappoint the Cody fanboys slash girls. Look, I mean, nothing much has changed with Cody Bellinger, so uh-huh. there's really not much to discuss. I mean, what did he do differently? He made his socks higher than him, and he didn't really change anything at the plate as far as his stance or his setup. And yeah, he went two for four. He snapped an 0 for 24 streak, but at the end of the day, he's still the same guy, so not too much to address there. We got some more comments down below. We got me and Julio down by the Cy Young yard. That's from Ice Weem <laughs> 7. We got Jeannie. Hey, D-Mac and Clint. Cheers from Wine Country, Sonoma County, Santa Rosa. Yeah, cheers to you, Jeannie. And then we got uh, we got Carnivorous Lunar Activity says Julio should be competing for his second Cy Young. That's I mean, twenty wins last oh, season. Geez. Come on now, no I mean, love. What did he finish like like eighth or something? Or? Yeah, he definitely didn't finish as high as he should have. There's no question about it. But look, I think Urias for Cy hashtag Urias for Cy. There it is. Carnivorous Lunar Activity had that one. There we go. Cylio Urias. Jose. I like it. Cylio. Silio Urias. Urias. That's his Bikram yoga stretch, but I'm down. And we're with getting it. a look in the back from from Gary. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. He's watching football. We we've bored him already. <laughs> no, I think we do. It's really a B war. I mean, I think if you look, look at overall B war, that's where the biggest gap is yeah. between Julio and Sandy. So it could be a battle down the stretch. Like I said, a couple signature starts, and he's firmly gonna get some votes. And I think when you consider the fact that that's why I'm not a big All Star Game guy. I'm not. Yeah, I care about the end of the much. season. And I think it'd be like you said, a big middle finger to the uh, the All Star committee for not having him there. Or the for voting. sure. And, and the thing that's so dumb about the All Star Game is every team needs a damn participation award. Yeah, Which, exactly. And whatever participation award. I'm not going to get into that, but you don't need to have a representative from the pirates. Guess what? They bad. We know they don't really have anybody that be good. Except for Brian Hayes. I'd love to have him over there. Moving on though. Let's get some quick injury updates and then we're going to have the fun stuff. We want your guys comments involved, but Blake Trinan, he hurt again. That no good shoulder soreness. They say it's not the same injury that he says is his capsule. And and his muscles are all good and etc. He says he'll be back. How much time it's going to take and how much time he has to actually ramp up TBD for sure. Um, the question I pose to you, is it time to move on and work with what we've got, what, what the Dodgers have already in the bullpen? They I- made it this far. They have, yeah. If you look at this bullpen, a 2.79 ERA, that's first in baseball. A 2.07 opponent's batting average, that's second. If you look at FIP, this team has been one of the best bullpens in all of Major League Baseball, yeah. and that is without Blake Trinan. I think that he's not going to get a PRP shot. He's going to get a POP shot, a power of prayer. And hopefully that will change things and allow him to get back on the mound. No, but in all seriousness, it's unfortunate because he's a guy that has proven to be one of the better high leverage relievers in all of Major League Baseball. But guess what? We found someone else in Evan Phillips. And if they hadn't find have found Dr. Filth, it might be a different story yeah. in this situation. But the fact that they have other guys that they can lean on is going to be big. But it would to <clears throat> me at this point when it comes to Blake Trinan, I'm going to look at it as a bonus and if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, then we'll have to move yeah. on without him. And it's a next man up mentality. Yeah, I mean, I think you could say the same with like Tommy Canely, who I think Dave said today or yesterday is is probably the, the guy who's next closest to being an active, uh, somebody who's active on the roster. So bye-bye Heath Hembry when it gets to that point. But, um, you know, <laughs> Andrew Friedman did what he does and he did what he does best. He went out and he got a guy that every people were like, oh, What's this about? But Chris Martin has been lights out so far as a Dodger. Um, 
Uh, you already said Evan Phillips. He's a guy you have there. Phil Bickford is okay. I think if you find a way to really control uh, the situations in which he is pitching, he is a fine option to – sure, he's not going to take down six, you know, seventh or eighth inning key roles or whatever, but to get that final out against the, uh, the certain type of right-handed hitter, maybe that makes sense. Um, again, I, I do think we see Canely when, when the Dodgers get back home, too. if not uh, up in San Francisco this weekend. Bruzdar is kind of a question mark, question mark. He's missed most of the second half. He had that little four-game stint back on the IL. Maybe it's about the same time, time frame as him and, and Blake Trinan. It feels like maybe with Bruzdar, you can kind of weasel him in in a postseason series or whatever, but I, I, I still feel like I would want to see these guys get big league hitters out before just throwing him into the Wolves. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, the jury's kind of out for me on Bruzdar. What do you think? I think the same. I feel the same way you feel. I mean, I think that you, the sooner you can get these guys back, I think Bruzdar is a guy that he also has dealt with some elbow issues. Hopefully, he returns at some point mid September and you get these guys on the mound and they can prove themselves once again. And really, it comes down to not what they did a few months ago. It's what it comes down to is who can you trust right now? Who can you trust in the postseason? I think Chris Martin, I said it the day they made the trade, I said this is a winning move by Andrew Friedman. When you look at some of his expected stats, if you look yep. at some of his numbers with the Cubs, it would tell you that he was not the not the guy that he really was deep down yeah. inside. If you look at his numbers with the Cubs, a 4-3-1 ERA. With the Dodgers, they already have him at a 2-1-6 ERA. They fixed Chris Martin faster than the speed of sound, and I love that about this Dodgers organization. The fact that they can take in these guys and identify a few things and get them right. I think Chris Martin has the stuff that has played up in the postseason, and if you look at his numbers in the postseason, he's pitched very well. A 2-1-9 ERA, a sub-1 whip. Mm -hmm. Cody Bellinger did take him deep in Game 7. Yeah, you won't so. have to worry about that. Cody yeah. probably won't even be in the starting lineup. But hey, <laughs> ouch, you know. Ouch. But same team this time, though. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that it's really touch and go with a lot of these guys in this Dodgers bullpen. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Yancy Almonte, who threw a bullpen session Friday. He's hoping for a mid-September return. He's another guy who's been out for a month and a half as well, though. So you have some concerns, but I would rather probably see a Yancy over a Phil Bickford. Yeah. Even, even a Tommy Canely, like, what, four outings in three years for Tommy Canely? Five outings in three years? There's a, there's a whole yeah. lot of question mark there. I think he's the most intriguing because if you look at his ceiling, if he has yeah. that changeup, he has the velocity, he's pitched he's for a, a team guy, like yeah. the Yankees. That's the kind of stuff that you want in the postseason. Even earlier this year, he did look filthy at times. Phil Bigford, I think he's a guy that he's got that rubber arm mentality. You can throw him out there. Yeah. You can get multiple innings of relief. But do you trust his stuff when he leaves it out over the plate in high leverage situations? And he has uh, the propensity to give a bombs this season. He's been be he's been kind of the Andrew Heaney out of the bullpen, yeah. if you want to kind of make that case. <laughs> Right-handed Heaney out of the, the pen. Yeah, yeah for out of sure. the pen. So. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they have some depth. It's not to the point where like, I mean, Blake Trinan was the big one because he really fixed yeah. everything for this team. And also Craig Kimbrell. We haven't mentioned our friend Kim Brelsa. Shout out to uh, Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Let it go, man. Let it go. Let, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Kimbrell hasn't been a black hole all of a sudden. I don't know if it's enough to salvage him being the de facto ninth inning guy. And our friend Dave Vassay talked about it on uh, 570 last week about how he doesn't think Kimbrell has done enough and he doesn't think he's going the, the team has think he's done enough or, or feels he's done enough to prove himself in the the ninth inning in the postseason. 
but you don't need to have that guy. It should be all hands on deck. It should be matchup based, and you got to get the right guys in the right spots. And if it's Evan Phillips getting, uh, I mean, I'm kind of borrowing a little bit here from Vasse, but if it's Evan Phillips getting three outs or six outs in the eighth and ninth, and and you know maybe Vessia coming in and getting the final out of a game or the final out of an eighth inning, whatever it is, you just got to bridge that the the final really uh, eight outs with some some quality arms if Almani comes back you know you got Vessi and Ferguson who have been lights out or locked down for most of the season uh you know Vessi had some some hiccups early on but he's he's turned out great David Price is a dude who will be back that I trust more uh, you know we said last week I think I kind of trust him a little bit more than Heaney at this point out of the bullpen but uh, I I would also definitely trust him more than a Canely and trust him more than a Blake Trinan who hasn't shown up to work for most of the year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the time is ticking. I mean, the clock is ticking yeah. on this bullpen. And really, the sooner the guys get back, the sooner you can truly evaluate what they have. And to me, I think Kimbrell is more important than a lot of people realize. They think it's just a situation where, oh, if he doesn't work out, he won't make the postseason roster, and that's that. And yes, he hasn't been in too many situations to where you could say, oh, the Kimbrell's era is what it is. And like I said, the first time he blows a save, Dodger fans are going to want to let him go. But still, he has made progress and I was very uh, intrigued and encouraged by what I saw on Friday with that clean inning without having to rely on the strikeouts and a lot of times this season with a yep. Kimbrough appearance it's oh he goes out there allows a hit maybe a run and then he gets two strikeouts so you're encouraged by those strikeout numbers well he's doing a much better job in pitching to contact and getting those outs yep. and the Babbitt gods are starting to even out <laughs> against him as well so they well, took the better part of nearly five months but I'll take it yeah, I mean, hey, maybe Cody Bellinger needs to change his walk-up song to a Disney song. That's all I'm saying. He needs to go back to Hotel California. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good one here. I like this one because uh, we've talked about it at different times throughout the season, and I'm seeing a few comments in here highlighting here, Swellin' Sausage asking about Bobby Miller. Is it going to be Miller time? Do we think this is the right time for Bobby Miller? Uh, he, he's pointing out, you know, it could be the Dodgers' Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal might touch, you know, 103 out of the bullpen with adrenaline. Where are you at? Do you do you leave him or do you consider Bobby Miller as a 2022 bullpen option late? Oh, I'm still definitely in the camp that says you got to see what you have in Bobby Miller because you saw what happened with Ryan Pepio. It just hasn't quite worked out. They had hoped that he would come up and be that weapon with that 80 grade changeup, but the command just isn't there. Bobby Miller, though, you're starting to see him go deeper into games, a 14 punch out game. He's got that it factor. He's got that Miller moxie, as I like to call it. And I do think that other thing, too, you mentioned Trevor Rosenthal and guys like that is the lack of familiarity that opposing hitters have against him. He's a true wild card because of that as well. And I do think that if he can come up and his stuff translates to the pros and he has had some command issues too, so there's just some cause for concerns, but I just don't love the back end of the Dodgers bullpen right now when it comes to those big-time high-leverage stoppers mm -hmm. right now. Even Evan Phillips, as great of a season as he had, is that going to translate in the postseason? I definitely think the stuff is there. There's no yeah. question about it, but he's still unproven. And of yeah. course, Bobby Miller would be unproven as well, but to me, it's always talent over experience for his experience yeah. over talent when it comes to a role that he wouldn't be relied upon to give you four or five innings. It'd be mm -hmm. like a, a weapon. But what are your thoughts on Miller? Do you think they should give it a shot? I think it, I think it's a little too late, per yeah. perhaps a little too late in the season. But also we've seen people have success um, in, in small sample sizes. I don't remember how many innings 
either of these two names I'm going to mention. I don't remember how many innings they threw as rookies, but I know they came out of the other end of it barely throwing any in the regular season and coming out of it with with a ring, and that was Adam Wainwright with the Cardinals and Francisco Rodriguez with the Angels. And those are two dudes that proved to be, I mean, Wayno got the final outs of, of that, uh, what, 2006, I think it was, World Series, or 05, no, 06, because 05 was White Sox. And 02, I mean, I don't know where Anaheim would have been without having K-Rod there backing up or, or setting up for, for Troy Percival. So there is, I don't know if it's a benefit, but there, you know, there is a precedent that rookies can come up and, and you know, the same way that they could be rattled, Maybe they're not, and maybe, you know, the other hit, maybe the hitter doesn't know what the hell this guy has, and they just, I mean, granted, there's a lot of tape these days, there wasn't then, but maybe they don't know what this guy has, and you might be able to, you know, sneak a few series out of a rookie and get yourself, um, you know, get yourself a championship. Absolutely. I mean, this is the organization that had Fernando Valenzuela out there at a young age. You talk about Bob Welch back in the late 70s. They used him as a weapon, calling him up. So, yeah, I yeah. think that where this team's at, I agree with you. It is late in the game to pull off something like this. He's not even on the 40-man roster, so you'd have to maneuver a little bit. I but, got a spot bye-bye, Heath Embry. Yeah, I mean, of course, they can make <laughs> it happen easily. But, yeah, I think that this team, we'll see how these in I think it's going to play itself out injury-wise because if Bruzdar's healthy, you saw what he was able to do in the 2020 postseason. If Yancey Almonte, he was a little up and down a little bit. If you look at the disparity between his ERA and his FIP yeah. and his expected ERA, I don't trust him on the same level, of course, that I would trust an Evan Phillips. But... I think Chris Martin was the big key addition. If yeah. he can perform for this team and he has that experience, but he also has the stuff as well. And I think that's going to be big. And then we'll see how do they use guys like an Andrew Heaney? How do they use some of these other guys that can potentially give you multiple innings mm -hmm. of relief? But yeah, I think the key is to, for starters is, you know, we'll find out what happens with Blake Trina, but that was a big blow. Cause it really this. was two weeks ago. We thought, or a month ago, we thought we're getting back Blake Trinan <laughs> and Walker Bueller. Yeah, it looks like it's a situation oh. where you're not getting any of them back. It's like getting coal in your stocking on Christmas Day, right? You thought you were getting these presents, but you're really not getting them. So well, in the immortal words of Vin Scully, for the Dodgers, nothing comes easy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
I think it's bad for baseball because I do think that as a team and as a player on defense, you should be able to put yourself in a position to maximize your versatility and your ability to make outs. You're on defense. It's your it's you know your job to find a way to make outs and make outs and, and help out your pitcher. And the other side, I think it's it's uh I'm not a big fan of it because like I, I, I feel like hitters should learn how to hit. And yeah, this is the old man yelling at at cloud. I mean, if if you know if there were shifts back in you know the seventies, you know, what how many more uh you know hits would Pete Rose have had because he would have had more holes to just poke it anywhere or whatever. I, I would I I like like Freddie Freeman's game. That is exciting to me. Somebody who could like, all right, I, I'm not gonna be able to slug because of the way this guy's pitching me. I'm just gonna go poke it anywhere. Trey Turner, when he's right, I'm gonna poke it gap to gap. Mookie, I'm gonna use my entire canvas. 2019 Cody Bellinger, I'm gonna use every damn opportunity I can to add a hit to my ledger. But now you get, you know, love him, handsome boy, nice. Big thick man boobs, but Joey, Joey Galley, Joey. Joey, Gall- Joey Gallo can't, you know, he can't go left. He can't, uh, he doesn't have that kind of bat control. Let's walk up there, just, you know, everybody's Adam Dunn, but bad at it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's certain players that you would say, hey, why can't you just adjust? And we saw Max Muncy a few days ago. It was a perfectly executed bunt yeah. right down the left field line. People and I just see- started bunting. That's how you kill the shift. Just but, I mean, that's what David Ortiz used to do, Big Poppy, back yeah. in the day. But everyone's saying, oh, they shifted against Ted Williams. He figured it out. And I'm like, well, he's Ted freaking Williams, the best hitter in Major League Baseball yeah. history. So to me, you guys know, I'm a, I'm definitely a longtime baseball purist, but I'm 100% this, but behind this. I definitely think that it's mm. going to lead to more action. It's going to lead to highlighting the athletes of this game to get yeah. hits. I mean, me, I wasn't the greatest baseball player in the world, but... <laughs> When I was here at South Pasadena playing baseball, my hit was Office squaring. Baseball, yeah, sweet South Pass <laughs> Varsity, baby. Um, it was squaring up that line drive right up the middle. I I was just about to say, and I one, love that one thing I did omit that I do miss the game from you know twenty years ago, where if you saw a ball get past the pitcher, chances are that was rolling up the middle for a single. And then you get the action single. You're probably going to get more stolen bases. You might be able to see some speedy dudes, um, non-sluggers, get you know better opportunities. Juan Pierre would not make it in this game. That's for damn sure. Sean Figgins types would not make it in this game. D. Gordon did not make it in this game, but he did a bit when he came up. And you know, there's. But I just think when I don't think look- there's a right or wrong answer to it. I mean, I, think, I don't like it, but there's some some benefits to it for sure. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it will make the game more exciting. Yeah, for me, that's where I stand is, is this better for the overall appeal of product. the game? Will mm-hmm. it make the game more attractive to maybe a casual fan of Major League Baseball? Because I think what happened was we all got so smart with analytics mm-hmm. and defensive positioning. Just look at Manny Machado in right field on the grass. So you look at the four. I did a breakdown of the shift against the Padres where you had where you, where you had Rojas and Gordon and Adrian Gonzalez. Six-man infield, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, right it, it should not look like they're lining up for an onside kick. It shouldn't look like they're lining up for a free kick right in front of the home plate because I think what it does is, it, like I said, it makes it where guys are just standing around. You have the three true outcomes, and I also think that guys are going to, in the pre- previously are going to look for a way to leave the yard. I think that you're yeah. going to see a different approach from players now. And I also think I have a little conspiracy theory behind 
behind this. And my theory is that Rob Manfred, Manfraud, that he basically got outed for the sign stealing. He got outed for basically all these different things when it comes to having the Apple Watches and trying to steal signs. And now he also got outed for the juice baseballs, right? Yeah. And he realizes damaging the integrity of the game. And I well I don't I don't even think I cares about he doesn't care about the integrity of the game but well I, he doesn't but these yeah. moments when moments like that go national when when Sports Center is actually talking about baseball and not just the same you know bullshit about football for for twelve months a year then you know baseball did something wrong because ESPN hates baseball they don't like it so if you get them talking about the Astros and sign sign stealing or the watches or whatever the hell they've done. Um, yeah, I think the reason why they... There's a problem for baseball. <laughs> and I think that's because it's a there's a product issue. I mean, look at yesterday. Mm-hmm. You have the NFL first day. You have the nice, neat and tidy 10 o'clock window of games. Yep. You got the morning games, you got the afternoon games, and you got the primetime games. But for Major League Baseball, you have a game that lasts three, four, five hours, and you have a product where there's too much standing around. And look, just look at how other sports have evolved. Yeah. The NFL and going to, uh, you know, you talk about the defense. It's not like they're taking away the nickel defense in the NFL, but you, they don't allow DBs to just maul receivers at the line like they used to, right? They created more spacing. Same thing with the NBA, more of a free-flowing game. So I think it was about time for baseball to adjust and just see how a different set of rules would be. And I just think that, too, when you look at the Dodgers mainly, though, I think that they had such an advantage because of how they did use the shift that if it's a level playing field, that it's definitely something that they're not going to get as many easy outs as they were in the past. But I think it's good for the game. But next one I want to ask you about, though, Hold is on, the- I have one final thought and my bad. Like, I, I don't think it's going to the, the shift elimination is going to have as big of an effect as we think. The biggest thing the Dodgers usually do is shift their third baseman over to second base. So their 2B can go play in that deep hole. Yeah, the feet need to be on the dirt, but you're still going to have somebody right there up the middle you need to have two people so if anything 3b is going to play a deep second base and second base can play its more natural position so up the middle is still going to be eliminated and you're still going to have a hole for for lefty pull hitters you're still going to have a hole in the third base side the biggest thing is you're not going to have manny machado going to play in right center field yeah yeah, so, it's those like eyesores. I mean, the one against the they'll Astros. Always, they'll always find a way to cheat. Yeah, 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 exactly. A few years ago. I mean, yeah. it's just about balancing it out. It's like in the NBA. You don't really talk about illegal defense and how big of a difference it is at the college level. It's just these little minor tweaks that I think are going to allow for, the, at the end of the day, more action. And that is what baseball has been lacking for so many years. But the next one I ask you about is the pitching clock. So that's another <laughs> one that, to me, is the most interesting one because you consider the fact the MLBPA they did not like the idea of a pitching clock for major league baseball and now you're going to have a clock and in related story pedro bias has just announced his retirement (laughs) from major league (laughs) baseball because we know how long it took him but yeah so pitchers will have up to 15 seconds between pitches when the bases are empty and up to 20 seconds between pitches when there is at least one runner on base clint what are your thoughts on the pitching clock in major league baseball jury's out for me in in principle, I don't like it. Hearing about it, I don't like it. I saw, I've seen it in action in minor league games. I've seen it in action uh, in the Arizona Fall League last year. It's, you know, it, it is nice to see them get the ball and get right back on the bump. Um, 
I think uh, you know at the end of the day, when when the players get used to it, it's not going to be a problem. Early on, we're going to hear people complain and piss and moan about it, um, but that also just happens anytime you know you try to apply rules to something or a change to a rule. People don't like change. People don't like rules. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, I need an adult. But <laughs> I'm mixed. I, 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 I get, if anything, I'm indifferent. I don't care. I don't think it's going to have that big of an effect. Uh, or, I mean, it is going to have a big effect, but I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be like horribly challenging. I think my biggest concern is if it does get to be a point where it's like really loud and players are complaining about it, um, and there's or there's always you know to get like a free strike or a free ball that's dumb to me. I would say yeah. make it like fines or something, and you know challenge their money, and that's going to be a big thing. Interesting, but um, you yeah, know Car- the fact that that affects the game that that's probably the main thing that bothers me is how it affects you. Know, you could strike out on if you're not in the box, you know, within nine seconds or whatever it is. That's dumb as hell. Yeah, I think the first time that really impacts the outcome of a game, people are going to have some strong opinions on this. I mean, it's still so far away. Not too many people are too passionate about it, but Carnivorous Lunar Activity asked down below in the comments, what are some of the rules? You just mentioned one about the balls. Also, a pitcher may disengage the rubber twice per plate appearances without a penalty, but if you break that, the result is a balk. So, Yeah. yeah, I think for me, one, you look at base stealing right if ricky henderson knows you have to release it and he's not looking for that move how many more stolen bases would he get if you're a hitter at the plate and you know that this release is coming at this time does that help the batter there's some we always know that baseball what makes it so special it is the timeless sport it is the one sport where the defense has the ball in their hands Mm -hmm. and i think that you're giving a lot of advantages to the hitter we know the pitcher always has the advantage for that same reason but if you look at the numbers if they want a short order game this helps accomplish that the pitcher time uh, the pitcher clock has reduced games the minor league level by 26 minutes from 304 three hours and four minutes per game to two hours and 38 minutes in 22 but to me i'm this is the one where i'm really i go back and forth i think that you want a fast you want a game to the length of a game to be shorter there's no question about that and i've never been to a game and be like man i wish this would end 30 minutes earlier like i yeah. enjoy myself when i go to a baseball game but guess what we're not everyone okay and yeah. we're not networks and what makes the, 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 this has to be appealing to fans and but this is what i have to say about this if umpires just enforce the rules properly and they Which called they balls and strikes correctly, oh, that yes. would speed up the game. So to me, Man. having a robo-ump would be better than having a pitch clock, in my opinion. I, I heard, I, it might have been on the Dodger broadcast, but I, I forget exactly where, uh, so I can't c- cite the source, but I love the idea of you know, maybe batters should get, or, or you know, each team should get a challenge, you know, ball or strike. You should be able to challenge yeah. within like five seconds you know, an umpire says, and they calls it a ball. And sure, there's like you know the umpires union or whatever they have like like an extra three inches all around the plate. You know, as a grace, um, whatever I don't know what to call it, as a leniency box for them. Which is why the hell do they get a bigger strike zone than either what we see on the TV or what is in reality uh, the legitimate strike zone? But I like the idea of like, hey, we should be able. I don't like that. You instead of getting arguments and killing time, having umpire or, or a manager go out and kick dirt at the umpire and, and you yeah. know, have all this much ado about nothing. We need the breakdowns, right? Yeah. We need the content. Well, that is, it would kill the content, but if you could be like, you know what? No, no blue. I challenge this. And then it's going to be, and you don't, you know, you get to keep your challenge if you're right. And if not, you get shot in the face. 
Oh, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit that's much. That's pretty extreme. But, but yeah, I've been a big proponent of managers having at least one or two challenges per game. I've been yeah. talking about that for years. And I think that... One and it's something that's instantaneous, by the way. It isn't, we don't need to talk to New York. It's a buzzer. That is something where it's like... Exactly. What did the thing say? Oh, it says it was a strike. Oops. Okay. You're gone. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. And honestly... If and you really, when you watch a game, when you talk about balls and strikes, yes, there's games where you have an Angel Hernandez that just trash the entire game. But usually, when it's a ball or strike that really determines the outcome of a game, it's one here, it's one there. But I do think that you're going to see managers, if that is the case, and they get a couple challenges, they'll be challenge happy and they'll be out of their challenges early in a yeah. game. So, but yeah, I mean, I do think that it is going to accomplish its intended effect and you're going to improve the pace of play, reduce dead time. But I just don't like the idea of seeing like a shot clock, almost like beep, yeah, beep, and then I, pitch. I, I you like know? your I, point of it is a timeless game. And that's a great thing. Each team gets 27 outs. You get, everybody gets an equal amount of being able to win the game. Um, they're doing this to try to make the game more appealing to fans who aren't fans of the, uh, or to people who aren't fans of the game yet. Yet they're not marketing their players. They're not making the game exciting. Instead, they they nitpick. Rob Manfred and his cronies nitpick on the stupidest shit, like a pitch clock, like bigger. I mean, the bigger bags, we'll get into that, I'm assuming, right now. But, like, I get, I understand the safety of it. If you're going to do that, might as well do the softball double bag thing. But um, that's neither here nor there. If you're trying to do things to make the game more exciting to bring in fans, you make it more exciting by utilizing the the players that uh, are playing the game and make them, you know, people wanted to play basketball because of Michael, because of MJ, you know, you want to play tennis because pissed off John Macaro back the day or back in the day or whatever you want to do that. You don't want to, they, they can't market Mike Trout because he's on a bad team. Uh, you know, get rid of tanking too while you're at it, find a way to do that or get rid of teams. You know, don't add more teams. They clearly, clearly can't figure it out. Give me more Mookie content, you know, and don't make it about them. Find a way to market your players better and not just when it's the most lucrative for you in October or maybe at the All-Star game. Do that, you're going to get players, and then nobody's going to give a shit about an extra 30 minutes of game time. You want to see more baseball. Yeah, there's no question about that, for sure. And I think one final thought on this is you look at a baseball game, right? It could be three hours and four minutes. That's the average baseball time. The ball's in play for 18 minutes, right? And what is the intrigue of that game? It's the anticipation in between pitches. It's watching the beads of sweat go down Pedro Baez's head while he waits 30 minutes in between pitch. It's about that. And to kind of take that away from the game where it's this hyper speed level of game of level game, I'm just not, uh, I'm not totally for. And then also, will this wear down pitchers? I think that's one of the big issues too, Clint, is we're in this velocity revolution, right? Are they going to say, what's the next rule? They say, oh, pitchers, you can't throw over 100 miles per hour or it won't count, right? Right? And the reality is with this velo revolution, guys are getting injured. You're having yeah. big bullpen changes, and that is what really lengthens the game. So I don't think this is going to solve all, the pro- all their problems. But next one I want to ask you about is the bigger bases. I'm sure this one won't be as long of a discussion. But what are your thoughts on them making the bigger bases? I like big bases, and I cannot lie. From- I'm not. I, yeah, you got gotcha. you. I'm not as pissed as Rich Hill. That's all I got. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't think they uh, if the intent or the hope is that it's going to uh, make the game more exciting with more stolen bases, that it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to be that big of a change. I think safety is going to be the biggest change. And that's, you know, that's about it. Yeah. Which no, is for good. sure. I would rather see people not get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's lame. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to injuries, just look at Muncy at the end of last season. He sustained an injury. But yeah, that, if you can get more action on the base pass, more stolen bases, you can eliminate injuries a little more. That's definitely been proven with the bigger bases from 15 to 18 inches. But uh, yeah, to me, I just don't think that all these rules are going to have a massive impact on the game. I still think it's a work in progress. But hey, hitters, get your shift together because next season, things are going to change in Major League Baseball. So we'll see how it plays out, but uh, very interesting to see how it impacts these teams. So getting into a few of the comments here, CK Chin uh, likes the idea of the challenges, saying each team gets three challenges. Only batter, pitcher, catcher are allowed to challenge within five seconds. I like that. I would I like maybe even, I would make it shorter. I would be like, it has to be instantaneous or like within two, three seconds, five seconds, you know, somebody could maybe see the tape or the Astros could be cheating and, and, and looking at the damn live tape or whatever the hell it is. SD Dodger, our boy Tim is having some good, uh, good points in here. Uh, any on-field rule created for off-field reasons needs to be eliminated. I do. I agree with that take. To an extent, uh, carnivorous lunar activity hate to see an October classic ruined by the pitch clock. Imagine somebody walking it off on a timer. That is dumb as hell, and I will stand behind that. Uh, he also said, uh, you know, getting on the point about marketing players, you know, they only market a few players, and that is a problem. And it, it's Otani. You know, you would, you know, he mentions Aaron Judge. You would like to see more, but there are so many more guys to push, and we don't see enough Mookie Betts. That is, that is a generational talent type of dude. But you should be seeing it. But I will say though, baseball players, they need to do a better job in marketing themselves. Because oh, you yeah. compare that to the NBA, we have Lamelo Ball and Lonzo Ball. He's like a marginal. Well, player. you're talking about balls here, man. Uh, they, they got the dad that's taking care of everything. There. I mean, look at like Amari Bailey, uh, a guy who's a high school recruit. He's going to UCLA for basketball. He has like a million followers yeah. because you, yeah, baseball players, they're not as marketing themselves like they are. And then in college, you have football players with these NIL deals and mm -hmm. just the visibility of minor league and college baseball isn't the same. But I definitely think that across the board, they can do a better job. But yeah, to me, it just feels like an overall cash grab to really present a better, shorter product in their eyes. And yeah, like you said, Tim, I agree with you 100% out there. Anytime you're implementing rules just for off the field stuff, it's not a good thing. I can already see it now. The pitch clock presented by Rolex <laughs> or the pitch clock presented oh, by the 2018 no. Apple Watch. Oh, you know, so no. I can see stuff like that. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We got Blue Magic says, what up, guys? Blue Magic in the house. Blue Magic always representing down in the comment section, a Dodgers Nation day one. We got Mark Ortega. Let's go blue. Ray Barrios. Yup. All time. Great. Mike Trout, it's not even recognizable in a mall. Sad. I mean, Ray Barrios, when you put it like that, it is sad. I mean, that's that'd be the equivalent of like a Giannis Antetokounmpo not being able to be recognized. But basketball players and NFL players, sometimes they're more recognizable than baseball players. But really, the issue is that Mike Trout isn't in the postseason because Clint, what NBA and what the NBA and the NFL have figured out is Look at we got a Monday night football game on. There's Noah. He cares about the Seahawks <laughs> versus the Broncos, right? Yeah. But I don't think that Noah's tuning in for the for the the Mariners versus the Rockies, right? He's not itching no. to watch that game. No. And the reason for that, I believe, is one, if you follow a major league baseball team, they play every day. So how much bandwidth do people have to follow multiple games? Yeah. But two, they get you to care about other teams, players. And I think that's the biggest thing because if you play in the postseason, that's when you start watching other teams. Let's yeah. say the Dodgers get eliminated early, which isn't happening because they're probably going to win the World Series. You're going to still probably tune in if you're a even a casual baseball fan but Mike Trout you uh I have little I don't have as much sympathy for him because he could have gotten a trade okay yeah and, he, uh, he didn't have to sign that big deal if he wanted that Mike Clout 
if you know what I'm saying. Ah, Mike Clout. Uh, great comment here. Carn- carnivorous learning activity. I usually pass out oh, the no. D-Max first shot of Jim Beam. Hey. <laughs> hey, let's but, go. But good stuff. A lot of great comments from everybody. I uh, save money. I save money by, sorry, by we, being a lightweight. We 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 got uh we got sidetracked talking to each other about baseball. Hey, you got you got you got 30 seconds. Savannah has been asking all show. What about Chris Taylor? Give me something about Chris Taylor. Just anything. A clean shaven Chris Taylor went four for 12 over the weekend. He's definitely looking better at the plate. I definitely think he's timed this perfectly where he goes on an Taylor run and he's such a streaky player that I think this is perfectly in line with who he's been throughout his career. So I definitely believe in Chris Taylor. I think he's been banged up throughout this season. I think this lead is going to give him an opportunity to get fully healthy. So I think things are looking up for CT3. There it is. That's a professional right there. Guys, here's the look ahead. We're going to get through this real quick because we are getting closer into game time. We want to predict the next two series because we're not going to be back with you until next Monday. Good news. The Dodgers avoid Zach Gallen in Arizona. Three in Arizona, three in San Francisco. Final matchup between those two of the year because San Francisco sucks. They're not going to be in the postseason. Um, what are your predictions those six games? How do you think we? this is as of now? We have not played Monday's game. How do you think it's going to turn out? I'll say four and two just because if you look at how Doc's been managing, it's not managing to win game seven of the World mm-hmm. Series at this point. So I'll take four and two. Like you said, they do avoid Galentine's Day. They'll probably face him on September 20th next next week. But the Giants, they've been struggling all season long. They haven't been the same team. The, uh, if you look at this Diamondbacks team, I've actually been pretty impressed with this D-backs team of late. They're 27 and 21 since the All-Star break. The Dodgers, though, nine and two versus the D-backs. I mean, the D-backs Freudian slip uh, this season, five and two against Arizona in Arizona. So yeah, I mean, they did lose two out of three against them back in April. Yeah. You never know. Um, look out for this guy too. Um, that guy with the Carlos uh, Carbon, that player they just called up on August 29th. He's oh, been raking his outfield prospects. So he's been fantastic, but I still, I'm going four and two. I will say last time we did this, I was on the money with my 10 and four prediction. Go look at the results. Like you look at the Anthony Keene's, uh, Hulu Urias prediction. I, I do agree uh, on four and two. They find a way to lose one game of each of these series. It feels like because they're not playing to win necessarily. They're not pulling out all the stops to win. So four and two prediction for sure. Uh, we do have the question. We'll save it for for uh, designated Twitter this week or maybe another version of this, maybe a roundtable. We'll try to pull one off. But big question we got to know or, or, or really that needs to be asked after they clinched um, is what are they playing for for the next two plus weeks? We'll save that for later in the week. But how do you think the Dodgers should celebrate if they win the division? If they win the division, I think in Arizona, <laughs> I think, look, they, they get Joey Gallo and they get they run out to that pool and they get Joey Gallo to throw the security guards and the horses. Oh, and they dive into the Dodgers pool out there in Arizona. And they take a take a leak in the, the Dimebacks <laughs> pool because you remember what they did. They didn't want the Dodgers to celebrate back yeah. in 2013. What did L.A. do? They had the pool party. And I think that was fantastic. Or what they could do if the security is a little too strict, just get some uh, inflatable above ground pools and some slip and slides and put that out on the diamond. Imagine Trey Turner doing some slip and slides. That'd be fantastic. But no, in all honesty, just a little celebration. And then it's a Kobe Bryant job, not finished mentality. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I think it'll be a little subdued, but I also think that, Hey, we still see them celebrating home runs and strikeouts. Yeah, they're going to celebrate. They're yeah. not going to jump in a pool. They're not going to go steal a horse from a cop. They're not going to do anything dumb. They're not going to parade in the streets. And I don't think Dodger fans are going to parade in the streets. We are used to this. But you cheers. You get Joey Gallo's shirt off. 
and you have a good time. You you go through as much beer and primo champagne as you can because you are a class organization, and that is what they do. Or they can spray each other with hornitos and uh, you know have a nice paloma over there, guys. It's final thought. I wanted to talk about something real quick. Uh, for our final thought here, presented by Hornitos, Albert Pujols. I got to talk about AP real quick. Theo is doing some magic stuff right now. It is it is, it is fun to watch. He just uh, passed A-Rod. He is now in sole possession of fourth all-time on the home run hitting leader list. He's not going to get past that. So he is now officially the number four best hitting home run dude of all time. And he was a Dodger, and he hit 12 of those as a Dodger. But it's really cool. Watch that over the next few weeks as it unfolds because it, it's something that's just – it's fun for baseball. It's fun for sports. It's it's good to say, hey, you lived through Albert Pujols. So watch it. Appreciate it. And St. Louis comes to L.A. next next weekend. So uh, Austin Barnes bobblehead giveaway on that Saturday. Check it out. So as we wrap up the show, here's one final shot. I probably poured myself too much earlier. But may the Dodgers stay healthy and win all the games. May you guys stay healthy and happy and enjoy fine Hornitos Paloma with your friends at the Dodger game like I plan on doing next time I get out there. So, guys, thank you for tuning in tonight. Find us on the Internet at DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Player FM, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. We are there. Go download it. Leave a 98-star review. Leave a comment if you can or a review if you can. Uh, find us here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, hit a like, do all the things you, you can do. Um, email us to uh, those boner pill people. You know, Just send it back to them because why not? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you for hanging out with us. Go Dodgers. And we will see you next Monday. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 